You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Rainstock Play and welcome to our formal Ashes preview happening a mere hours before uh, the first ball is being bowled. We thought we'd give you the last preview of all the previews. Uh, I think it's the best way to do it. Uh, I'm joined by Zach. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, thank you. How are you, Dan? Yeah, I'm very well. Thanks for asking. Very excited for the Ashes to start very soon. We've got a lot to chat about and we just chatted before we start recording that doing it this late actually gives us very little debate because we know the teams pretty much. We just get to really preview what's going to happen right now um we've been away for a while we've probably not done a proper pod for about three weeks now so we there's a lot of news we've missed and we're sorry about that but we have to talk before we get into the ashes preview about ajaz patel's 10 for in the in india's first innings the other day stunning wasn't it zach and i will be honest didn't rate ajaz patel before this series i think he was pretty average when he was in england and to take 10 wickets like that was just amazing and then not win player of the match which is even funnier i think very very cricket. What, what what were your thoughts on that? Um, and just chat about the series a little bit, actually, because it was a, a fun little series. Yeah, I really enjoyed the series, and it's such a shame it doesn't get to have a third test mm. or a fourth test. I think something that uh, a few people always say, including uh, uh, Adam Collins, who I'm a big fan of, he always says that every series that's in the World Test Championship should be minimum three tests, and I I like that. You know, Definitely. I know timing, timing wise, but they don't need, they didn't need those T20s. Why couldn't they have an extra test instead of those T20s that no one cared about? I think they wound us all up, didn't they, those T20s? Yeah, so annoying. It was like, oh, well done, India. You beat New Zealand 3-0 after they got to the World Cup final and you didn't. <laughs> yeah. That means you really win? I'm like, come on, like no one cared about them. But yeah, I just tell, like you say, I feel like I've always been like, yeah, he's not that good. He's a New Zealand spinner. They don't, they don't have good spinners, but he, his bowling... Throughout both throughout the series was was brilliant and on that day I watched a fair amount of his first three or four wickets he took the day before and just compared to the other spinners in the attack he was just a cut above there was no his line was so good they were they were kind of comparing him with um, Somerville Somerville is that the guy's name I think that was the other spin the bowler guys, yeah yeah his his line really was nowhere near as good he kept like bowling it onto middle but it would kind of drift onto leg. Mm. And then wouldn't really turn away. Whereas Ajaz Patel was just, you know, meticulously hitting kind of a beautiful kind of off middle, you know, with a, with a lovely bit of drift and turn. And he wasn't going for much either, was he? No, he was really no, tidy no. throughout, and then just kept taking those really important wickets. It just feels so, it just feels so hard to take ten wickets. Do you know what I mean? Like someone else is going to nip in here or there. That's why Surely. it's so surreal that that happened. Or a run out in the thing. I saw some really good footage of. Uh, when Murley, Murley was on nine foot and um, Chaminda Vass got someone nicked off and like kind of didn't <laughs> didn't appeal. It was it was some great footage from like, I think it was just, you know, like 2001 or something. And uh, yeah, Chaminda Vass kind of half appealed and no one really wanted to appeal. And he kind of like just raised his arm and was like, oh, I, I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> but it was so, it, it, it wasn't like, it wasn't a massive nick, but like, it was quite clear he nicked it through to the keeper. So it was quite funny. But like you say, you can always imagine someone else yeah. nipping in. 
It, it was crazy. It was crazy. And congratulations to him. Uh, India win the series 2-0. Unsurprisingly, well done. You win a test series at home. Excuse me, 1-0. 1-0. That was a draw. The draw was fun, wasn't it? The draw was a, a good bit of fun. And yeah, well done, India. You won at home against a fairly depleted New Zealand side. So, you know, pat on the back for you. Axel Patel still winds me up. He makes it all look way, way too easy um, than it should be. And the, the fun picture of uh, Axar, Ajaz Patel, Rachin Ravindra and Ravi Jadeja all stood next to each other to spell out Axar, Patel, Ravindra, Jadeja. That was fun. I, I liked that a lot. And I think Ravindra got Jadeja out LBW in the first test. So the scorecard read uh, LBW, Ravindra, Jadeja. So that was also fun. That's about as much as I picked up from that series. So well done, India. Yeah, those T20s were pointless. And a test match between those two sides, sorry, a test series between those two sides, she's gone for much longer. Um, there's lots of... Sorry, go on. Just also on that, I think the, the, the kind of positioning of it in the calendar meant that it's kind of gone under the radar way more than it should. That that series should be... It's never going to be as big as the Ashes because we're in England and obviously we're going to talk about the Ashes more because the media bloody loves it. And, you know, it was even on BBC Breakfast this morning. But that test series should be, you know, one of the most important test series because it's the two teams that were in the were in the World Test Championship final. So by that reckoning, the two best test teams in the world, New Zealand have been top of the rankings recently. And the top the team that's top of the rankings going to the place that it's famously the hardest place in the world to win in should be a massive series no matter who no matter how much money the teams have no matter who the teams actually are if they're going to that place where it's hardest to win that should be huge i mean i like that sky sports picked it up like that's something you you don't expect a lot with with kind of series between other teams like a lot of time that'll be on bt sport or sometimes you can't even watch it at all in the uk legally so that was good it was on sky sports so that would have helped pick it up a bit but still i think it should you know at least another test and a better time in the calendar maybe i know when are we going to get all this time (laughs) yeah exactly that's a whole other debate for a different pod but um yes well done to india on winning that there's other cricket going on obviously they're not going to talk about because this is the ashes and we're english uh the pbl's just started uh there's test series between sri lanka and the west indies going on and bangladesh and pakistan going on right now as well you know go do your own googling we can't do everything zach let's get stuck into the ashes it starts tonight uk as you'll be listening as as tuesday becomes wednesday the first ball will be bowled at midnight um it's been a surreal build-up really hasn't it zach it's been obviously this series may not have gone ahead uh a few months ago i think a lot of people if you'd said that in august people wouldn't have been that uh controversial you've then had both cricketing nations sort of in a big scandal with the issues at yorkshire and the Tim Payne issue at Australia. And then neither team's played any cricket because of weather, because of scheduling, because of the T20 World Cup that's happened so close to this. So it's been a build-up like no other. Um, both teams are going to be coming in horribly out of nick. Uh, there's a bit of weather around for the first test as well. And I just don't quite know what to make of it, Zach. It's been a very strange build-up, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. It's 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 very weird, isn't it? Because you, you think about... I don't know. There's always talk about comparing it to past Ashes series, and it's it's not like any, it, it's not been like any other, like you say. And the when we won in Australia in 10-11, they had a couple of actual proper first-class games. So that's why there's lots of talk about how that mattered, and that was because those games weren't just warm-up games where you could have 13 aside, and you know, like we had last week with Burns and Hamid both batted at least twice. Yeah. Butler and Bairstow both were out <laughs> that cheaply was, twice in that the game. That was quite funny. That was quite funny. Yeah. Whereas in an actual first-class game where you play a, an opposition, mm. it matters. It counts towards your first-class average. You know, Ollie Pope's got a brilliant first-class average. We wouldn't. He wouldn't have wanted that to be, uh, you know, ruined in a a game. You know, because of just playing it like it was a warm-up game. But yeah, it's not different for either side. You know, both sides very undercooked. But people, I feel like this is such an English thing to focus on how much cricket our test players have. Whereas we had Shreyas Iyer not play a first-class game for two years and hit a century and a fifty in his test debut. I, yeah, have, I think it's I think it's actually better that neither side is warmed up. I think it's going to be really raw, really interesting. 
you know, mistakes will be made. People will be a bit, be a bit out of nick. But because they're both so underprepared, it feels fine. It's like it, it's quite exciting, actually. It's a bit different. Yeah, and obviously both sides have got their kind of their things they might have taken out of the T20 World Cup. England had it first with, you know, absolutely obliterating Australia, but Australia had the last laugh. They they won the actual tournament, you know. So, and obviously there's a fair few players in both sides that played in that. The controversies going on in both camps have kind of helped it, not helped it, but, you know, hindered the media frenzy almost that would that would kind of usually happen around this because it's been focused on other things. You know, I'm sure there would have been many more articles about the Ashes build up if in Australia, if Tim Payne hadn't, you know, quit. The fact he's the fact they've named the team as well very early on has has kind of quashed the rumours because there was lots of talk about who was going to bat a five, who was going to keep for them. In the end, they've gone for, you know, predictable things. But but yeah, the, the frenzy has not been not been too much, but it is. It's there. It's, it's starting, there. starting to bubble, isn't it? I know we're a few hours before um, the first delivery being bowled. And it's interesting us doing this preview so close because we do pretty much have both teams in front of us, which you can sit and chat about now. I will obviously start with England. Massive underdogs. I've not seen a single prediction that has given England an overall win. I've seen a few 2-2s knocking about, which would mean Australia retain. Um, I would personally be happy with one test win out there. If we can win one of them, I'll have a good winter but on a personal level as a fan. Um, so let's let's talk through this team. And they've announced a 12-man squad. Uh, so we've pretty much got the team in front of us now. It being Burns, Hamid, Milan, Route 4. Ben Stokes is back, who was in good nick for the Lions, which is great, taking wickets and making runs. They've gone for Pope at six instead of Bairstow. We can chat about that in a minute. Uh, Butler at seven. Wokes eight. Robinson probably at nine. We think, and the media generally thinks, the next decision is between Leach, the left-arm spinner, and Broad, and then you'll have Mark Wood, which is great to see him fit and be able to play a first test. Uh, Anderson has been rested. They said injury, but clearly he's been bowling absolutely fine. And with the Adelaide day-nighter coming up, and a, a potential other day-nighter coming up late in the series, they're looking after him, which is sensible. I like a lot. We'll do Pope and Butler, uh, Bearstone in a bit, Zach. Let's do let's do Leach Broad in a minute. We're just saying that because that's what other people have said. We did say just before we came on air, why isn't that debate between Leach and Wokes? Um, why isn't it between any other? Probably not Wood, but why isn't it between the spinner and any other seamer? Uh, obviously, with Stokes being back in, we we can play Leach now finally, and I would personally like to see that. But do you think it's Leach or Broad, or do you think it's Leach or Wokes or, or somebody else perhaps? I, from what I've seen, and so so Will McPherson has been doing a really good daily diary. I don't, I don't know if you've seen much of that, Dan, but he's a we're we're big fans of of all of, all of his fan. stuff on here. Yeah, yeah. So he's a you know always always like to read what he says, and he he seems to have been in the know so far, and he's reported that it is Leach Leach and Broad. So I kind of you know I be, I believe that he's kind of in the know there. So. Broad could be a fitness thing. It could be a similar Anderson thing. Like if he's a bit undercooked, he's in his mid thirties now. It could be. Look after him as well. Yeah, I can see the, I can see the reasoning. I I think the whole idea between it not being Wokes is they like Wokes batting. You know, you've got to be able to bat big first innings. Saw some good stuff that uh, Ben Jones put out on the difference between first innings at batting averages in England and in Australia. The in first innings in Australia, in England, players average about 35 whereas in australia they average about 50 which is kind of the biggest difference of any right. innings the rest of right. them kind of even out a little bit but the first innings is where the big difference is and they always say in australia win the toss bat first bat big mm. you know this has always been the kind of it's been the chris silverwood mantra we're preparing for australia that's why sibley got so got had a, ch- a few chances and then they dropped oh, him just gosh, before I the i'd hear his name in this podcast Zach, but thanks for bringing him up <laughs> Yeah, because he was meant to be the man who could bat big. Um, <laughs> he could bat long. And that is another thing, though, because batting long is important in Australia. Yeah, sure. The, the two of the key similarities between teams that won in Australia most recently, which is India twice, was the person who batted for the most balls, didn't hit the most runs, but batted for the most balls, was uh, Chiteshwar Pujara. Because he batted for the most balls and that. Really therefore did. they won not not therefore they won but you know there was a lot a lot more to it, it right hanging around okay that's an interesting little stat line there and i think if you yeah. do include woke so you can get you know 
25 or something 30, as part of yeah. a bigger score with some with mm-hmm. a, with a ton above him yeah i see what you're saying yeah i do think yeah i think it is interesting though because i don't think his bowling is uh, he deserves a chance he's famously not as good overseas as he is in england but he hasn't played overseas in quite a while now so I do think he deserves kind of another go at it because he's Definitely. gotten much better as a test bowler overall in the last couple of years. So he deserves another go. I would have been happy with Robinson at eight, though, batting eight. Yeah, I would have been as well. I wouldn't have been like, oh, my gosh, the t- state of this tail. So it's a bonus that Robinson then comes in at nine. Um, if Leach plays, you know how good he is with the bat and would can chuck it about a bit. So that, you know, if you do want to bat deep, that is a good lineup. But, and so can Broad if he plays. It feels like for me, whenever we have this chat about are we going to miss Broad and Anderson, I, I think they've featured in every test match for England, or one of them has since 2008, potentially, or at least a run of about 124 test matches that they've played together. Um, it almost feels like it feels weird to leave one of them out. Do you know what I mean? Like We're not quite ready to, to let go of that era yet. We need one of them hanging around. And I think a compelling argument for Broad that you were mentioning earlier off air was the pitch looks a bit green, a bit seamy how good his record is there and the sort of the mental, the, the rent-free head living situation he's in, in the Aussie openers. Yeah. So like you say, it's, it's his best ground in Australia for his average. He averages, I think early twenties there, whereas Anderson averages 74 or something silly there. And it's taking is he like really? one oh, wicket or something. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's Broad's best, um, best ground in Australia. And, the fact it's so that that means yeah understandably over anderson but also the fact that we're talking about rain delays and stuff if there's if there's a couple of days lost to rain are the spinners going to come into it that much i can understand for a, you know leach is quite good as a holding role and i don't like i don't like not playing a spinner because it, it's just annoying it's felt wrong ever since um, stokes has been out in for the test team it's felt wrong hasn't it not be able to play a spinner it's felt like the team isn't quite right for some whatever reason yeah yeah, I know it, it always feels a bit wrong. And, you know, with but like our overrate, I know we don't like talking about overrates and I don't want to talk about overrates. Our overrate would be horrendous if we don't pick it. <laughs> would be, wouldn't but it? I don't really care about that. So forget I ever said that. The main reason I would go, I would probably go broad over Leach is because Marcus Harrison and David Warner, both left-handers and both were terrible against broad in 2019. We Warner famously got done by him so many balls. I watched, they had the highlights of that on, on Twitter the other day, so I got to watch all of those balls again. Harris averages 11 against Broad, and he only averages 23 overall in Test cricket, so I'm surprised he's still he's still there and averaged 9 in the 2019 Ashes. So, pretty awful for Marcus Harris, so pick Broad, basically. Yeah, it's compelling, isn't it? And now, when you've mentioned the rain, I think I'm with you. Oh. Gosh, maybe now, maybe I want to rope. I just want Leach in there somehow because now's the time. Stokes is finally back, which is great. Did, don't the Aussies struggle against left arm spin in general? I mean, Leach picked up a good chunk of wickets in the 2019 Ashes, I think mid 20s average. So, is it not worth chucking him in despite the conditions? Because Aussie batsmen generally struggle against a bit of slow left arm. Actually, they don't seem to struggle too much. One interesting point I've seen, uh, you know put about is obviously Labashain's been you know quality since he started playing for you know test cricket but apparently he he struggles against people who have really high release points so anyone who kind of releases it over I think it's like 2.1 meters and person who does that is, is Robinson Robinson releases that high so apparently he's really struggled against people who well I saw I saw this on Twitter somewhere so I can't think of any examples of players who have that higher release point really i know robinson well, just does tall but... blocks. i don't know jameson yeah, yeah jameson played them recently i mean I we'll come so. on to australia they've not played a lot of test cricket recently no okay so that's well, why the yeah it's, it's hard to kind of look at any stats on them from any time because they just they've played you know they haven't played away from home since that 2019 ashes i don't think really it's crazy, it's crazy isn't it I, i'm not seen manus nabashane hit a cricket ball for years honestly where like i know he's been doing his bit in australia obviously i don't watch that it's crazy he's not been on the international stage for so so long it feels like uh okay well i'm i'm now i'm i'm now i'm now pick broad and looking at the weather in brisbane there are showers around for the first three days so you gotta expect the first three days to be interrupted and then what would the pitch be like on day four day five on the flip side that suggests that the game will probably get to day five barring disaster and i probably shouldn't have said that out loud because now something terrible is going to happen to england 
So, yeah, I think day might... three finish. Yeah, exactly. With all the rain, that would be class. And so maybe they do go broad and, and, and keep Leach back a little bit. I don't know. I don't know. But he bought a lot of overs in the Lions game, suggesting that they want him ready to go at some point and he'll play at some point in this series. Um, let's chat Pope Bairstow decision, which has been made. Uh, Bears has not made the uh, the twelve man squad for this first test. Interesting. I thought they were going to go with Bears though, as they often tend to do, is to fall back in line with you know things they've done in the past. And I think it was some pretty average looking shots or a, a pretty poor performance in the Lions game that's made them go for Pope. Pope's last innings was a useful, I think, eighty odds against India. Um, and he's sort of next in line, isn't he, Pope? So why not start him in this series? I, I like the move personally. I agree. And I, I think I said in our chat that when there was talk that Bairstow was going to play above him, I said it absolutely was boiling my blood because he shouldn't play above him. Pope, I, I'm I'm very much pro-Pope. He His average is really good on when it's flat, which obviously it is at the Oval quite a lot. He averages over 100 there. He's got He played grade cricket in Australia for a couple of years and has got like a really good record there. So that's just quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the grade cricketer podcast really like him because, you know, he was a grade kick- cricketer. Mm. Yeah. And Bearstow, you know, everyone was talking, oh, it might it's last chance saloon for Bearstow. He does really well when it's last chance saloon. I, I couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't I couldn't think of enough examples of uh, when it was last chance saloon to see how well he'd done. If it's last chance saloon so much, when does it never when does it not exactly. become last chance saloon? Because, you know, exactly. he's gonna get another chance. I know exactly what you're on about there. And yeah. I, I expect Bearstow might get a run at some point just because, you know, the batting line will change at some point, but I just like yeah. that they've started with Pope rather than starting Me with Besto. Yeah, agree. And also, there's lots of talk about how uh, he's got a good record in Australia, Besto. Everyone keeps saying, oh, he's got quite a good record just because he's played. In, it's basically he's played in Australia before. He averages 27 in Australia, which is it's a record. It's not very good. No. It's so it's okay. It's a number. It's it's okay. more than Pope and Butler average because they've never played against. They've never played a t- Test cricket in Australia before. Which is weird, isn't it, that Butler's never played an Ashes because he's, you know, he feels like he's been around for ages. I saw. Uh, oh, no, Butler's never played an Ashes down under. No, never played. Really? Yeah, Taha Hashim from Wisden, the guy who first broke the the Azim Rafiq kind of story back a couple of years ago, one of the Wisdom writers, he did a good piece on kind of um, Butler in Australia and the fact that Butler hasn't played there and how it's a bit surprising and how it could be fun. It could be fun and it could be great. And I, I was about to just pile into it, actually, before you said that and just say I'm still of the opinion that Bearstow's a better batter than Butler in, in, in whites. And you should just drop Butler and give Bearstow the gloves and bat him at seven. I'm I'm still all about that. But because Butler's not played Australia, that's fair. And I know how influential Butler is on the team. And that's why he gets preferential treatment in that sense. And he could be great. And I know he's a great white ball player. I don't want to be a, a dick. But I'm st- <laughs> I'm st- I remember in the India series, it was like we were playing Bairstow and Butler. And it was like, well, it feels like you've got two blokes in the same job. Give the better batter the gloves, which is Bairstow, or was at the time, and go from there. But Butler's never batted in Australia, so it could be fun. I read something about him wanting to be aggressive or something as well. Like he's going to come out and just chuck the bat. So, you know, I can't I can't be sad about that. I think, well, well, yeah, I've seen kind of comparisons with Pant and obviously they're not the same player at all. No one is Rishabh Pant. But if if kind of Butler plays half as well as Pant has in the last two times in Australia, <laughs> I'll take that. it'll be a great summer. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, great, great winter for us. <laughs> and he is important in the team. So I think he'll be absolutely fine. Um, otherwise, there's not too many fires to put out here, which is well, I'm sure there will be by the end of the first test. But for now, it feels OK. I think we're all settled on Burns and Amid who I don't think Burns has been dismissed yet on this tour, which is exciting from two innings. Um, we know how good Hamid can be. We know how much he can get in his, in his shell. So I can't wait to see how he does down there. I'm really rooting for him. Just just one thing on those two. is The only worry I have is Burns, obviously, have, again, neither of them have played in Australia. So no idea how well they'll do. Burns, hit, Burns hit a century in, in the ashes. So, you know. He's got a century against Australia. He's done Ashes, you know. He's done the, yeah. the vibes yeah. of an Ashes. That's that's a tick against his name. Yeah, there's lots of talk about how he, he struggles when the ball is bouncing a bit more, though, because of his weird technique and there being yeah. lots of movements. So I'm doing the movements for all you audio. Very, ac- very accurate movements, movements, by the way. I must, I must contest. Yeah. 
Um, thank you, Dan. So <laughs> who knows how well he's going to do? I, I I think he you know he could he could struggle and that would be annoying. Obviously, Crawley is the kind of he he could be the next man into open. He's got like a weirdly Crawley's next in line for any of these top three. The the bottom. yeah, absolutely. he's just going to come. He can slot in whichever one goes absolutely. first. Crawley slots straight in. He's got he's got like an amazing record against the short ball. He averages like over a hundred against the short ball. I, I saw somewhere, and it's that's pretty good. And obviously, the short ball's pretty useful in Australia. So that's handy. I feel like he'd also have a very high release point if he wanted to bowl against Labuschagne as well. This is true. Turn <laughs> yeah. his arm over. I don't know. <laughs> what do you think he bowls? Uh, I'm, sure seen filthy, him. I'm sure he's bowled. I'm sure he's bowled in, in England whites. I think it's mediums or maybe a bit of off spin. Um, you think he's bowled for England? I think he's bowled for England. Have a little look while I make oh, the next point. He has, I reckon. He hasn't. He bowls off break. He bowls off break. I'm sure he's bowled for England. I'm sure he's bowled an off break for England. Anyway, maybe I mean, I'm thinking of Vince or Hale. His or Wikipedia something. doesn't say he's bowled a ball. Damn. Well, where have I made that up? Maybe he did for Kent or something. Um, Finally, then for England for me is Milan, and I'm going to be in stark contrast to how we chat about him in T20 cricket. He's very safe and very warm, and I'm very excited to see him at number three and just and just nibble a little thirty here and there and just stop anything terrible from happening. That's what he feels like to me. A big cricketing dam just shoved in the middle of this batting lineup, well, the top end of this batting lineup, just to keep everything calm. And we know how good his record is down under, and he looked great or at least solid in those couple of tests against India. And that was obviously enough to book in this place at number three for England out of nowhere. But I'm personally excited about this. Excited is the wrong word. Content, comfortable. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, you know, he's he's not. There's no there's no kind of controversy or even really talking point about that, is there? It's it's no, kind of okay. Just yeah, there he yeah, is. he's playing. That's fine. You know, he he was he was pretty decent, like you say, pretty decent against Australia. Sorry, not against Australia, against India. He was pretty decent. He got a 50 at one point, I believe, potentially at Headingley, I think. Yeah. In this. Uh, he did. In, he in the got, summer. Got some runs and then like a 30 mm. here or there. Just just allowed us to get to like 130 for two before he got out. Do you know what I mean? Like it was just yeah. he was very settled. And I hope for something similar. I kind of um, like his. So so the, the bit the bit of him that really frustrates me in t20 cricket is, the, is like you say it's kind of the bits i like so his he's got some nice drives mm. he's got some really nice kind of like square shots on the back foot that mm. in t20 cricket he hits straight to backward point and it's like score some runs milan but in this it's like oh beautifully played through the offside exactly he's got a great little like, flick off the the hip as well he's got a yeah. good, good one of them i mean like how he good he is off the back foot and he yeah he's just a much more aesthetically pleasing test player and you don't get angry when he's not scoring runs because you just simply don't want him to get out. And he's quite good at he's quite good at not doing that. So good luck to him as well. Obviously, Root at four, big series for him. Lots of runs. He could if he could he still get Mohammed Yusuf's record? I think he could. We've got three could. tests he, he in this needs... calendar year. Four. Four. No, no, sorry, three, three. You're three. right. Sorry. Yeah, I, I was Boxing thinking Melbourne was, Melbourne was four. Yeah, yeah. Boxing is third. Um, sorry. So he, if he can get a stat load of runs, that would be fun for him on a personal level. Um, and everyone's saying it's, it's going to define his captaincy, which he probably probably will, especially if he wins down there. So good luck to him as well. And then congratulations on Ben Stokes being back, looking healthy um, and playing some good cricket. So I'm quite content about this team. I don't care if we lose 4-0, to be honest. Like like I said, all I want is one test win. Um, that's all I require. Let's chat about the Aussies, Zach. Um, they've already announced their team. Again, this is a great preview. We just got like, bang, here's the team. Off we go. There's no debate here. We don't need that. We're going for time for debate. Uh, Warren and Harris opening, as we've mentioned. Oof, the double pivot of Smith Labuschagne at three and four. I'm quite threatened by those two. Um, that's brilliant. Sorry, Dan. Just pause you there. <laughs> Describing those two as a double pivot is <laughs> that's exactly oh, that's so good. Oh. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, care for myself. Um, I'm very threatened by them. And like I said, I've not seen Labuschagne back for a while. And he's just, oh. I'm, I'm worried. Uh, Travis Head got at number five position. Like you said, there's a bit of debate about that. We can chat about him. Big Cam Green. I liked him in the India series. That that sort of really tall geezer who bats at six and, and bowls a little bit. Um, Alex Carey's been given the gloves uh, after Tim Payne's announcement. We haven't chatted much about the Tim Payne thing. I'm not sure I really want to. He's gone. Thank goodness. Uh, and, then, and then this attack. New captain Pat Cummins. We'll chat about his role coming up. 
really exciting that there's a bowler as captain against number one bowler in the world against number one batter in the world both captains going head to head uh and then stark hazelwood line no surprises there very good um and a pretty good team you know i'd argue a whole opening with harris it's a shame that will Pukowski got concussed again uh travis head at five can come in with a little 70 here and there but i suspect you know england want to get on top of him pretty quickly and then cam green in his first ashes so there's holes to be had zach but as i said i'm a bit worried about a couple of these i'm a bit worried about a couple of these batters uh going big again basically just taking us out of the game yeah yeah i completely agree there's there's enough match winners in this team isn't there there's enough match winners they've got you know that bowling attack is pretty scary. But Warner, if he gets back to some form, he's very good. You know Smith and Labuschagne, like you say, quality. Cam Green hasn't yet kind of set the world alight. He's 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 kind of he averages he averaged about thirty in that in that India series and then didn't take a wicket with the ball. But his record is brilliant in in first class cricket it's amazing and then Carey's got a pretty good average in first class mm. three as well Travis Head's an interesting one because he there was it was between him and Kawaja and Cummins came out and said oh they're both really good players basically you know they're both quality nice to have, be nice to have both of them kind of thing nice to have them both in the squad you know England would love to have two players that average that much in first class cricket yes uh, but Travis Head he was described as someone who churns out runs by Pat Cummins and Will McPherson, again, something I kind of raised, I think in our chat. And then I saw Will McPherson said it as well. Churns out runs. I saw him. Well, I didn't, I watched, you know, bits of the streams when he was playing for Sussex last summer and he wasn't churning out runs at all. Averaged about 18. He really was. And we weren't, we being Sussex, weren't playing great teams at that time either. We were in that sort of scrappy div three, whatever it was. So that is a bit. It's interesting that Kawaji was even back in the the frame. I thought he was gone. Is it, did he have a good? Is he been stacking up some runs or something? Giving him a shout to get back in. Is he in, is he in the squad by the way? Yeah, yeah. He's he's right. in the squad and he's been massively stacking up the runs for quick. He's been captain in Queensland. Right. So that's kind of like he was a. There was talk of him maybe even being like a vice captain option, which for someone who's been really in and out of the side. But obviously he's been a. He's kind of batted at three. Yeah, and obviously now he he's not going to bat three because they've got they've got Labuschagne. It's about a three, and they've kind of decided to remodel him as a number five. I don't see too much difference between three and five. To be fair, you know, if anything, if you can bat a three, I think you can bat a five. The other way round, maybe easy, a bit more shouldn't difficult. It? it should be exactly. Easy for him. Yeah, That's yeah, why yeah. I thought he, it, it could be quite a good move for Australia because you could pop him there, a bit less pressure. I feel like he really struggled in 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 England though in 2019. Mm. I remember him be just being. It was like oh. Kawhi just come out. Well, he'll be gone. He'll be gone. Well, I don't soon, remember yeah. him ever dominating in England. Period. No. I think he's always been someone we've we've got after. Yeah, I I completely agree. And you know, Travis Head wasn't particularly impressive in the Ashes. I think I've seen some people saying that the reason he's been in ahead is because he scored like an ab. He scored an absolutely mammoth ton in uh, Marsh Cup, which is their 50 over tournament game. And apparently, like that's tipped him over the edge, which obviously is a white ball game. But... It feels like. That's okay because I feel like Milan. Remember Milan got 199 against Sussex. I know that was in a Red Bull game, but that pretty much got him back in the equation. And then people talk about somebody enough with enough runs under their belt, and they'll probably get back in at some point. Do you expect Sikawaj yeah. at some point? I, I don't know because I think Head is Head has always been kind of viewed as the incumbent, but it's like he's not been very good in Test cricket. Particularly, he's been really inconsistent, and he doesn't seem to. He, he like he just can't tie down his place but then he's always been viewed as this guy who is who can't crack it but is if he does crack it is future test captain material so i think there's always been so much kind of pressure on travis head because of that and he just he hasn't really been able to crack it yet i I like to see you know he he seems like quite a likable bloke which Mm. annoyingly quite a lot of these australian players do frustratingly likable australian especially and just we chat about pat cummins the new captain um he is a likable chap and i'm just i'm more excited to see a bowler as captain when was last time we saw that in the test team as well um was he the obvious choice i think he was wasn't he really i think there was chat about giving it smith back but they couldn't do that and so do you think first you think he's the obvious choice and then do you also think smith will just be running everything anyway from first slip because he's steve smith uh i think i can see it being kind of a 
you know, more collective decision making, which is which is fine. I think there's kind of a lot of that goes on these days with with work rates and stuff. You know, I think Butler, like we say, is influential. He's he's our vice captain. I think this happens a lot in um, limited overs cricket as well. And then, you know, I think Warner is always kind of involved, even though obviously he's banned from taking any leadership position for the rest of his career because of involvement in Sandpaper Gate. I think it, it they couldn't give it back to Smith. I don't think because Smith Smith got let off a little bit compared to Warner and and um who's the other bloke? What was his name? Oh, who's gone? Um, oh Bancroft, God, Cam Bancroft. Cam Bancroft. Bancroft. He got a little bit let off, but he was he said he kind of said like as long as I don't know about it, which and he was captain. So it's like yeah, that yeah. Yeah, you know, he he got let off quite a lot, and you know was only banned from leadership positions for three years, I think. So that was it would be up now, but you know. I think vice captain's fine, but I think they really, you know, they probably would have wanted to give it back to him if it was okay. But it's I think not the quite public okay yet, is been, it? It's just not no, okay. No, I think the public wouldn't have been obliging. But I can't imagine Cummins probably won't play five tests in six weeks. It's going to well, be that, a lot. That's the other thing, then, isn't it? And then does Smith get one go at it? The Australians, so. cricket Australia, get to see what everyone feels about that. They get a mm. little free test, and if it goes yeah, well, chat, maybe they yeah. give it in for twenty twenty two. Who knows? Yeah. It'll be interesting how that plays out, but. I think that the matchup of Cummins versus Root, captain versus captain, Ashes series, number one bowler, number one batter. Wow. Well, because there's, there's talk, there was talk about giving the vice captaincy to Hazelwood because Hazelwood has done it a bit before, I think. And obviously he's quite a senior head in the squad. Seems to, you know, because he's so, you know, metronomic, he always feels like he's one of those bowlers who doesn't get injured that much. Correct. No idea. No stats behind that at all. No, that's vibes. That's vibes alone. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's you know, he his his action's easy it's simple he doesn't it get is. injured like because obviously Cummins was plagued by injuries injuries in his younger days there was a really good article i shared on i think i just i can't remember whether i shared it on our twitter or on my personal twitter by uh daniel brettig who did a really good kind of really long piece on pat cummins i'd recommend if anyone's got i mean you need like half an hour but if you've got like half really, an hour it's really it's long. A long it, it took me a long it was a proper long read but really good about his whole life. His uh, his wife is English, interestingly enough. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So a bit of a you know, <laughs> she's not that she's not into cricket. But oh. yeah, talks about the story of how they met and his kind of whole story of having, you know, issues with his side and his back. But yeah, now he's kind of any he kind of it was when he was still growing, you know, before he was like twenty one, he was still yeah. kind of well, growing into his body. Now and, and he can yeah, stay I think fit. he has. I mean, I think, I think the neutrals would like to see him captain all five tests. I just can't wait to see how he handles it. Really, it's going to be, it's going to be absolutely fascinating. Um, quickly before we finish Australia, Zach, who else is in this squad who might get a little look for the rest of the series? Do you think? Obviously, if if it goes well for Australia, they might play this eleven for five tests. But who else might we see over the next six weeks? So the, the kind of big talking points we said about Quaj and Head. The other one was obviously Carey's in Inglis was another shout but I think it'll be Carey for the five tests now no matter how badly he does with the bat I don't think they'll drop him unless it's like 4-0 they might give Inglis a go or if he's really bad doing badly averaging 10 then they might give Inglis a go Inglis is a, Inglis is a lot of fun in T20 cricket I haven't can't say I've ever seen him play Red Bull cricket but he's always lots of fun in T20 cricket the other kind of player who there was talk about him playing over Stark for this test because Stark is famously the best kind of pink ball bowler in the world was uh, Jai Richardson who I think he's kind of made his name internationally in T20 cricket again because he's played you know big bashes we you know in, in the UK we watch more big bash than we do Marsh Cup or or Sheffield Shield because of the way it works with time differences but so Richardson is talked about you know is, is he's only played two tests before one was both against Sri Lanka he's played ODIs and T20 since he kind of you know he bowls kind of similar pace to Hazelwood but his speed he can bowl his speed varies more so Hazelwood is so metronomic their average pace is very similar but but Richardson bowls faster and slower if you get what I mean he kind of sits on a bit of a good gets a good length doesn't go full too often back of a length good length and he so Shane Warne has been vocally kind of against Stark, saying Stark, you know, he bowls 75 mile an hour crap these days, which is actually a lie. I looked this up earlier. He he's bowl he bowls an average of 67 uh, percent over 140 kilometers an hour balls normally. Right. 
I think there's, it, it, there's a general his feeling that he lacks a bit of control, though, right? Yeah, his control, fair enough, but he, he bowls his good length, and, and that's fair enough. He lacks a bit of control overall. He lacks a bit of pace. But it's the recency that Shane Warne is talking about that is just not true. His his average, you know, good length hasn't really changed. His average pace has he's gone up in the amount of balls he bowls over 140 if you count in the last two years. So Shane Warne talking a load of rubbish. But I would really like to see if Jai Richardson Jai Richardson gets a go because uh, he's you know good fun. Another bowler who he's definitely the next one in line. There's kind of a few others, you know, Nisa. Abbott all kind of get down around. Abbott was playing in the um, big bash game on Sunday though. So obviously can't, he can't be in the squad, but Jerry Richardson is definitely in the squad. I expect he will get at least one, maybe two tests. I can't imagine he'll come in for the pink baller now though, but he could play in Melbourne on boxing day, which would be interesting. Interesting. We'll see. And like you said, it depends where Australia are in the series, potentially as to whether they try a few of these guys out. Uh, okay, right, Zach, let's do some predictions. I'm going to get the other boys, Will and Glenn, to send me theirs. They, they could make the record today. And I'll make sure they do it before the first Bulls Bowl this evening, by the way. Uh, so I'm going to want your series score, uh, most runs in the series, most wickets in the series, and then player of the series. While you're thinking about that, I've done mine. Uh, so Australia going to win 3-1, I think. Uh, and that's what I want. I'd be happy with that. And specifically, if it goes in this order, draw because of the rain in Brisbane. Uh, Australia go one nil up. Then it goes to one one. Then Australia go two one. And that means each test will still mean something if it goes in that specific order. Um, and I do believe the Aussies will win. They're, they're firm favourites. This is a much better team. Probably a better bowling attack. Just more confident in their batting. They're at home. It's the Ashes, etc. So I'll be happy with three one. Um, runs, I'm going to go for Root. I think he's going to he's going to beat every record there is. He's going to get them all, um, and he's going to get loads of runs, but still somehow lose three one, probably because um, wickets. I'm I'm unsure on who's going to get the most wickets this series. I don't think Lyon will. I, just, I don't know why. A couple of day nighters suggest I don't think he will. It's going to be one of Cummins or Hazelwood. And because he's busy captaining, I'm going to give it Hazelwood because he's going to be focused on being metronomic. And as you said, Zach, not getting injured because he's so metronomic. Play of the series. I mean, if Root does all the runs I just said he did, he'll probably win player of the series. So I'm going to go for Root as well. Root's going to have a big one, chaps. And that's that's my predictions. Okay. I've got mine as well. So I've got Australia to win 2-1 because I think with Lanier Two draws. Around, Two draws. I think, with, I think so, so Brisbane's looking like it'll be rain affected. So I think we can probably hold on for a draw in that game. Um, I think we can win one at some point. I don't know whether it'll be, it might be that they go 2-0 up. I'm not going to be as specific with my tests as you were, Dan. That's how I, I want, with, that's why I want it to go, not how I think, but yeah. With, yeah, with the rain around, I think there could be another draw. Because, you know, Melbourne, last time we played in Melbourne, it was a draw, but it wasn't to do it just because it was a really flat pitch. So it's often a, just a flat pitch. We don't usually win in Sydney, so we probably won't win in Sydney. But we might win at this day-nighter in Melbourne at the end when mm. we're 2-0 There's down. There's this mysterious other test knocking around, isn't there? Which is making yeah. it easy to quite predict what's going on. Or, or Hobart supposedly has quite UK weather conditions, so maybe we'll win that one. Lovely. Okay. But so two yes, one Australia. Two okay. one. Two one Australia. I think two rain affected games. Runs Labashane. I think he's gonna he didn't he kind of broke onto the scene a little bit in that in, in the ashes. No, he did not a little bit. He broke onto the scene. Very much broke onto the scene. Yeah. yeah. And he's you know, he was maybe a little bit underwhelming against thing, but he still averages like sixty or something against India. He was still a little bit underwhelming. But like you say, he hasn't played anywhere near as much cricket as he should have done in his, you know, two, three years now playing playing test cricket he should have played so many more games but australia don't play too much test cricket i've gone hazelwood for wickets because nice. of you know metronomic england he causes so many problems in england and yeah and you add an, you add an extra day nighter in there and yeah hopefully he plays well not hopefully but he probably yeah. play five tests probably plays play of the series i've gone i've gone pat cummins captain pat nice. because i think he will be he will be close on wickets and i think now with the captaincy he will score more runs than he has before because usually he kind of comes in as a big hitter. But I think the captaincy hat. I think he's a. Re, I think he's a, he's a quite an underrated bat, batter. So, and his record is is not amazing. But I think now I he like won't that. necessarily be a big hitter. He might 
that more properly. So more properly is that more word? properly? Mm, more properly good. doesn't some cracking English there. Um, <laughs> more properly back from coming. I see what you're saying, and I think if he if he can suddenly be thrust with the captaincy and, and win, deserve mm. it probably. Yeah, He's, exactly, exactly. I think that that will massively play in his favour. Even if he doesn't score that many runs, if it, if Australia win relatively comfortably, even if it was two one, but they were two 0 up, mm. I think that would still be seen as, as as relatively comfortable, not having conceded a test in the first four. Or you know, however it goes, it will probably be relatively comfortable. I think we'll be, even if we don't win a test, I think we will be closer yes. to winning them than we have been. I think we will give. It's them... got to be closer than seventeen eighteen. It feels like yeah. it should be. It's got I to think be. We'll, we'll give them a better go than. Than we have than we have done. Yeah, good. Agreed. Goes. Agreed. Um, brilliant. So I'll, I'll make sure to get Glenn and Will's predictions in, and we'll chat about them in our first review pod, which will come whenever the first test finishes. Um, one last thing before we leave is for our English listeners, BT Sport, which is covering the Ashes this year, have announced its commentary team. So they're not they're not doing Fox now, which is great because of the Michael Vaughan issue, and because I don't think I could have done six weeks of Fox commentary. So let's chat about these people very quickly. I think some faces and, and names we, we'd expect to see on BT's coverage. Matt Smith will, will, will host in studio. Um, I quite like him. So Alistair Cook, who was on the advert for them, will obviously be there on probably on comms and in the studios. I think he's all doing a bit of that. Uh, Mark Butcher, we know well from Sky. Um, Ali Mitchell, we know from TMS. Um, I'm not sure she's done Sky before, but she's a great BBC commentator. Um, and then some sort of names I didn't quite expect. But I'm excited about Matt Pryor. Heather Knight, Steve Harmison from TalkSport, Moe Nally, who's obviously now retired from Test Cricket, having a nice little winter at home, resting up, do a bit of work. I've not ever seen him com- or heard him commentate, rather, or do much media work. But his interviews are normally quite good, so I, I expect him to be good. Uh, Jonathan Trott, who likewise, I've not seen too much media. Uh, and then in, uh, in Australia, Ali Mitchell, as I mentioned, uh, Glenn McGrath and Mel Farrell. So it's an exciting little lineup, isn't it? It's, like, it's fresh, it's new, it's fun. Yeah, I'm I'm a big fan of the lineup. I, I tweeted from our account about how, how excited I was about it because you know, you've got some kind of legends of, of commentary almost. I, Mark Butcher's one of my favourites. Really big fan of of all the stuff he does. Really liked his documentary he did over the summer. I think Melinda Farrell and Ali Mitchell are both quality. Melinda Farrell does a lot of the kind of WBBL and the BBL stuff in Australia. Covered the Australia India women's series in, that was in India recently really well and really liked her stuff there. Then, you know, Matt Pryor, Steve Harmison, Jonathan Trott, you know, players who've played, you know, not that like relatively recently, but so that's interesting, you know, particularly Matt Pryor and Jonathan Trott having won an Ashes in Australia. I think that's it's kind nice of the have angle a couple there, of 10, isn't it? 10, 11 lads on there. Well, they got yeah. three with Cook well, as obviously well. Obviously with Cook as well. Yeah. yeah. And then Moeen, very interesting, you know, haven't heard that much. I like it when they do have, like I, people, lots of people didn't like Sam Curran being there in the T20 World Cup, but talking about the actual stuff the coaches do with the actual players currently, I kind of like that angle. And I think Heather Knight always comes across really well when she talks as well. And it's another kind of current player who can talk about what sort of stuff coaches do now. And obviously Heather Knight building up to the Women's Ashes, which happens uh, early next year. Brilliant. And it's not not to bitch about Sky, but and I love Athers and Nass and all that, but they're quite detached from not detached, but they haven't played for a while now. so it is nice to have these people who played in the last 10 years let's say i know harmy's a long time ago now prior and trot coming on to 10 years ago now jeez but yeah, yeah it's much more recent and that, that'll be a bit of fun right that is your ashes preview thank you very much for listening sorry it's a bit late but i think you're going to enjoy listening to it on the day before we'll be back at the end of every test match uh this coming winter summer if you're in australia uh, we might do some Twitter spaces as well because other people have done them and they're quite fun. So follow us on Twitter at RainStopPod. You'll see those pop up. Uh, and yeah, thank you very much for listening, Zach. Thank you very much. Enjoy this evening. What's your viewing plan? I think I'm going to do the first hour because I have I have work to do on Wednesday. So what's your general viewing plan for this, Ashes? Um, my my kind of plan for this evening is I'll watch an hour at least, see how it's going. I might try. I'm going to try and do the first session. But nice. with rain around, as soon as there, there's a rain delay, I'm off. Oh, yeah, don't hang around watching a rain delay at 2 a.m. No. That's not a nice place to be. Absolutely not. I'm, I'm interested that they're doing a they're doing kind of like a daily Ashes Daily Live at the end of play at eight eight to eight forty five a.m., which is you know just before I start work, but I'll be awake, so that's quite a, a nice thing to be able to to watch. And then yeah, 
we'll watch highlights at some point, I'm sure. But yeah, for this one, I think it'll be kind of first hour or two. The day night is where it gets interesting because it starts at four. I just so wake up. Can... We just wake up when you want to wake up for work and then just have it on, right? You get, yeah, what, what you get out of that. You'll get the depends. back end of lunch in the evening session. Yeah, you get a decent amount, but if you get if you can if you can wake if you can face the four a.m. <laughs> wake up, which I did a few times for the uh, kind of like Sri Lanka series, oh, I remember, India yeah. series, and if you can face it, if you you know as long as you've got you know as long as you can you can fit in you know maybe a nap after work or something, then you can survive it. It's, it's survive. a bit tough. It's we'll, a bit uh, tough after a couple of days. We'll tackle it, that when those day nighters come yeah. along. But yeah, in wherever you're watching it, enjoy. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back at the end of the first test. Good luck, England. Good luck, Australia. And we'll see you very soon. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.